The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're brought to you by PickWise. PickSwise is the number one home of free sports betting picks. Visit PickSwise.com to make your next bet better. And we're brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contests. Over 30k up for grabs over the season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And don't forget to download the SGP app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 NFL Week 1 exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everybody to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, here to take you through the MLB week. We'll make some picks and see what's going on around the league uh, and also have some chat and banter with our usual guest in Houston, Texas, is Mr. Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, how are you? What's going on? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, can't believe it's already... September, uh, final stretch of the baseball season. Now we're going to get into uh, the final run, getting into October, and it's going to be playoff time before we know it. I know we're going to be so caught up with like football and soccer going on that that baseball is going to approach us like so fast. But I'm excited. There's just so much going on. I know you mentioned uh, we're giving away how much on the app? I forgot how much you said. $100,000, I mean, is that a joke? Is that for real? If they put the comma in the wrong place, what's going on? And how much do I have to pay for that? Moonaf, are you sitting down? I am. It's a free contest, Moonaf. Free nothing. I have put my picks in already. I might have been one of the very first to do it. I I was hoping to win a t-shirt or something to get my picks in (laughs) first because it went live. And then I thought I'll be. I'm awake when all you are asleep. So before, um, before Kramer and the boys were, were, um advertising it on Twitter yeah. and, and starting to promote it. I'd already made my selection. So, uh, yeah, I've <laughs> never been as confident, really. I can't, I can't see any other outcome than me winning. You'll have to shoot a message to Sean and Ryan and ask if there's a, a prize for the being the first entry. Maybe let's send you a hat or a in. T-shirt or something. <laughs> if but there yeah, is, I'll definitely have been yeah. seconded. Yeah. What else What's is going this on contraption that you've got in your hands, Moonaf? You, is, is this something that you can watch more sport on? What were you holding? Just it looked like another screen or something. Oh, that was my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was my. That's phone. a big guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's gigantic. I thought you'd found a way of uh, consuming even more stuff that you could you know, download. Th- I'm thinking about adding a couple more screens in the in the room here. <laughs> did you see the setup that the boys did over in the office? I think they have. Like oh, nine it's unbelievable! Screens. Absolutely unbelievable. I feel like I'm in the minor leagues now. And- with my only three screens. <laughs> yeah, going absolutely from strength to strength as well. And every time I see people tweeting from the uh, from the circus swim as well, I mean, oh, yeah. what unbelievable. Um, segue nicely, Moonaf, is that you made a small trip 
uh, to Las Vegas this week. You left us with a little teaser last week, a yeah. little cliffhanger, the moon off cliffhanger. You told <laughs> us you were going somewhere, wouldn't tell us where. And then, sure enough, uh, on Twitter early this week, you were um, entering the entering the um, the which contest was it? The, Moonoff that the you got Circa into? Millions. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, I know we heavily promote Circa because Mr. Derek Stevens is a friend of the show and the program and. You know, the crazy part is, is that as many times as I've been to Vegas and all the hotels that I've stayed at, never once have I seen the actual hotel owner. And as soon as I stepped in, as soon as I got to the hotel and I was staying at the Circa and I got past, you know, the, the escalators and the elevators to get to the floor, who's the first person I see as soon as I walk into the hotel? It was Derek Stevens. And, and it's crazy to see that he's so visible on his hotel floor and, and and you know he was busy with doing work and talking to you know i'm, I'm sure that's his management team and, and i didn't want to go up and bother him but uh yeah he, he he's, he's a very genuine nice guy and uh couldn't be more happier joining circa millions contest i also joined the westgate contest so um yeah it's hopefully it's a, a good big season for me but uh if you haven't been out to circa and you're planning to visit las vegas anytime soon Make sure to head over to the Circa. It's it's an amazing, clean, nice facility. The, the all the hotel workers from the front office to the security guards, everyone is just so nice, and, and the food is amazing. And like you mentioned, Stadium Swim. I had a uh, my room had a view of Stadium Swim. No way, absolutely beautiful. The crazy part was I was telling my wife this is that. I don't even need to check my phone to scores. So I just have to go up to the window and just look out the window to see the score. <laughs> oh, that's a dream come true, Buddha. Isn't that is it? an absolute dream come true. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you know, if you get bored, you can people watch also. But uh yeah, that was my short trip. I know a lot some of us are gonna be out again in um in about a week or so, uh, for NFL week one, getting together with the DJ. So a lot of stuff going on at SGBN. We're excited, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. The only thing I could possibly compare to seeing sports scores out of your hotel window is that sometimes on a Saturday afternoon, um, if Newcastle were away from home, we we it was when I was a younger man. This is Moonaf. Mm-hmm. I occasionally would find myself in the strip club, at maybe sort of three or four in the afternoon, which is quite early. I understand <laughs> to be in the strip club, but um, so they would have big screens with all the football scores coming on, yeah. and if one of the dancers got in a certain angle between the projector and the screen, then the football scores would come up across their boobs. And I mean, there's no better way than to read sort of Newcastle 1, Liverpool 0 uh, than off a stripper's boobs as, uh, on a, at 10 past four on a Saturday afternoon. So there you um, go. That, that would maybe, um, one for the DJs there. Uh, apologies to any families listening. Uh, but yeah, that, that would <laughs> compare with a hotel window. But, Unless your, um, your wife is not around. Yeah, well, I think she knows I'm a lost cause. Like, um <laughs> So did you have a good trip? Did you get up to any? Uh, did you have a little a little game of blackjack or a game I of did. roulette, or did you check out the sports books? Yeah, yeah. So here's here's a full deal. Well, I was out there early in April, and uh, this was my first time out there since uh, after the pandemic and, and with COVID going on, and and I didn't get a chance to check out Circa. So me and my buddies went over there and checked it out. I mean, it, it's I don't have words to describe. You just have to see for yourself. Uh, yeah. I, I put a, vo- a video in on the Slack channel and um, it, it, the, the video doesn't do justice. So I highly recommend you getting out there or whoever's, you know, getting out to Vegas anytime soon. Check it out. Great facility it is a sports book. I did play some blackjack. So here's my DJ story. I did play a blackjack. I grabbed some lunch 
And, you know, because I went on a weekday, it was a little slower. I think they get more packed over the weekend, but uh, I grabbed lunch and then, you know, I went over to the blackjack table, made a quick about $500 in about 45 minutes. And I took that $500 and I put in a 14 parlay (laughs) on on some baseball bets. Three out of the four came true, but oh man, that that last one didn't. So it would have been a nice payout. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, I played a little game, but then you know I I recorded a couple more, or I did one podcast with Minty and uh, uh, Dan Titus for the NFL Propcast, and then wrote a couple articles. As much as the fun it was, you know, I was still working. So um, you know, hopefully we have a little more uh, more fun next weekend when we're when we're out there uh, with Sean Ryan and, and the guys that are getting out there. Still going to be working, but should be yeah. a lot more fun with the guys. Man, you make me so jealous, Moonaf. You're an absolute working class hero. So what we need to do, Moonaf, to enable me to get out there is go on an absolute mega heater. Uh, so this is what we're uh, here for. I don't know. How, how are we going to do it, Moonaf? So this week, our picks. Um, luckily for me, I think it is lucky because I think this was the best possible outcome that I could have uh, envisaged. Because as we all know, I've been a little bit chilly, shall we say, or really the whole the whole team has. And uh, I got pitching changes, and I don't really know why this happened. Because we um, the Yankees series, uh, the Yankees Angels series, took us all by surprise. You had a game on Wednesday, yeah, um, which was a pitching change. But mine did on Tuesday, Jameson Tyone and Shohei Otani. I don't know what happened to Shohei this week. I think um, they said he had some soreness and they kind of wanted to yeah. like get that soreness out of the way before he uh, pitches again. But they said he's, he's still hitting. Um, and then on it was just tonight, actually, to, it's a game that's in progress. It was supposed to be um, Tarek Skubal and uh, James Caprillian, but it's yeah. not. It's been... I can't remember who Matt Manning, I think, pitched. Yeah, Matt and Manning, you're right. Frankie Montas, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, it's been it's been nothing to do with the 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 the, the pitches that I selected. So I mean, I'm I'm just taking a a, a double postponement, um, which frankly I'm delighted about. That's as uh, that might just arrest the slide. You know, that's that's the change of look we needed. But you've got a question mark next to your first uh, win on your lock because that was. There, that was a pitch and change as well from that Yankees Angel series. Yeah, uh, Scott and I had both the same lock for yeah. uh, Wednesday, which was the Yankees run line. And like you mentioned, I think the pitching changes was uh, the story of the of the week uh, weekend for us. Um, yeah, uh, Garrett Cole was starting. Well, Garrett Cole started, and then I think it was uh, Jaime Berea, Berea that was supposed to pitch for the Angels, but he went on Tuesday, I believe, um, against the Yankees. Yeah, he replaced Otani in my matchup. Yeah, and um, I mean, I still went ahead and bet the uh, Yankees run line against the uh, Angels when Garrett Cole was pitching, but I'm not sure if we can count it against our record, but uh, nonetheless, I think either way, I think it was still won because the way Garrett Cole pitched in the game is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I think he's getting closer and closer and inch by inch locking up the Cy Young in the American League. It was a little more wide open a couple weeks ago, but uh, Cole's been really good for the Yankees um, over the past couple weeks here. And then my dog uh, took a big L. Um, Got a little interesting in the later innings, though. It was uh, Chris Paddock versus... uh, Tyler Gilbert, like I said, the the Pirates got to, the Pirates, the Padres got to Gilbert early, and it was uh, too much for the D backs to recover from. 
think it was five nothing by the end of the third inning. The D backs did get a grand slam in the seventh inning to pull within one, but um, the Padres added one more in the top of the ninth, and they weren't able to close it out, um, or they weren't able to come back with the uh, Diamondbacks. So that one took a loss. And then uh, Scott's dog, uh, he cashed that one. Uh, it was Rangers money line, I believe it was around plus one forty, plus one forty five. AJ Alexi pitched well, uh, and that was pretty much the handicap Scott had uh, for uh, the Rangers pitcher. He went five innings, only allowed one hit, and a bullpen surprisingly did well for the Rangers there. And they beat the Rockies four to three on Monday. So uh, depending if you bet on Garrett Cole or not, um, I guess it didn't turn out too bad. But, uh, you know, yeah, a lot of pitching change, especially for you, um, which may I know we were talking offline, which may have maybe been a blessing in disguise for us. (laughs) Yeah, I was delighted just to have not taken the L. I'm all right with that. I'll take that every week. Um, Yeah, Scott stood well with AJ Alexa. We've we've done that a few times as take a rookie pitcher. on his first start because there's maybe not as much uh, tape or as much info, particularly with um, nothing from uh, the minor leagues last season or uh, uh, alternate sites and stuff like that. So that, that's been quite a decent source of winners and, and Scott took advantage of that. Your um, Padres Diamondbacks game reminded me of the Orioles game that I picked last week. I think it was the Rays, which finished 12 to eight in that they were kind of competitive and scored a lot of runs. Um, without ever really giving you the impression that we're going to win the game. Uh, so, yeah, not a bad... You get a good run for your underdog, which is kind of all you can hope for sometimes. Yeah. Um, we did also on the pod, um, and we're probably going to do something similar tonight. We looked at the Brewers-Giants game. Now, fully aware that, uh, obviously, we now have our discussion topics during the season. We've looked at uh, outright either World Series or leagues. Then we've done the divisions probably two or three times. Um and then the individual awards. Well, we were, those are the kind of things that we can't really do now. The, the races are kind of settled down. The, yeah. the awards are kind of settled. We, there's only so many futures you can give out, um, and you can't give out futures if, if they're now kind of in the present. So um, we're fully aware of that, that we don't want to just keep flogging a dead horse. Uh, so we, what we did, we looked at the Brewers-Giants series, and we did all right, Moon. I think between us, we, we kind of got the games two and one. Maybe the, the, the bets, maybe... A little bit better. We might have gone three, three or four because we yeah. got a couple of uh, first fives and a couple of money lines and a couple of unders and things like that. Um, I'll go through. The first one was the Monday night, which was Corbin Burns. Uh, the Brewers won that one three to one. Uh, we suggested between us the Brewers money line and the unders. Uh, so there's a two for two. Yeah. Um, and then the Tuesday night, we we took it down as well, Munas. Yeah, Tuesday we uh, Brewers won that game six to two as Brandon Woodruff versus Johnny Cueto. Uh, Brewers got up six, I think, to, uh, through four, and I think that was going to be too much for the uh, Giants to come back from. Um, again, I think we had first five innings money line, and then um, I think every single total for this series was around seven and a half. So I think only one game was that Tuesday game that went over the total. Um, Wednesday, I, 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 the one that I handicapped, kind of, we took one on the chin there. Uh, Kevin Gossman, man, it, he, he's been doing so well, but he's kind of faltered a little bit lately. He can't buy um, a win, can he? he? Yeah, and I think he's finally starting to regress because um, he was off to that real hearts, hot start at the beginning of the season, um, and the bats weren't able to get going either here. So, uh, But the you know the game uh, ended up going under, uh, but Brewers got that victory 5-2. to two. So they've won all three of these games so far, have they? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we'll come onto that division in a little while. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a fairly steady week. I'm sitting at twenty one and twenty on tally side. I actually yeah. had a little chat with somebody on Twitter last night who mm-hmm. I think must be a fellow analyst from a different a different company uh-huh. uh, who's gone through the numbers, and I think he, there was only one uh, analyst who was in profit um, on the money line for MLB all season. Yeah. Um, and that, that was somebody who picked maybe about 100 games as opposed to ourselves who've picked uh, about 1,200 now, I think, something yeah. silly like that, um, which I think tells me two things. A, it's an absolute grind, as we repeatedly say. Yeah. Uh, then I don't know if this season's been particularly different to others, been a bit more tricky. But I do think on those uh, tally site numbers, um, <clears throat> it's hard to take a line because you, you, you're very dependent on the particular line that you've got, where if you did shop around, which we yeah. all do uh, as betters, particularly as more and more um, online um, websites and firms open up in the US, I've got the choice of a million uh, different different firms that I can use. So I can find a better price on everything. Well, I know in the US it's dependent on where you live, etc. Uh, but I do think you could close that gap. Because I think mine's something like round about minus $600. Yeah. Um, which sounds like a lot, but... Over the course of 1,200 games, I don't think it is. Plus, if I could, all of those wins, the the 650 wins that I've had, um, if I'm winning an extra two or three dollars on every single one, mm-hmm. I think that puts you in front. Um, so yeah, it's it's fine margins. Um, but yeah, go on. Sorry. No, I'm just gonna say well, you're uh, or she were close to 2,000 games picked uh, over the course of this season. So. Um... Yeah, you're you're at uh, above one thousand wins and right around nine hundred losses. And <laughs> so it's it's. I mean, losing six hundred dollars over that many games. I mean, I think anybody would take that any day of the week. But I think we talked about a lot this season where the favorites are really covering. I mean, or, or sorry, we're just winning games yeah. uh, in the uh, in baseball this season. So um, it's tough, man. It really, especially because of the amount of games that we're picking. So. I don't know if you were picking maybe two or three games a day versus every single game or trying to pick every single game, it, it gets a little tough to, um, you know, have a, I guess a, a, a winning money marker or money meter. You can say, um, you know, with all the picks that we make. So. I think cause we limited ourselves just to the money line as well, Moonaf. Now yeah. I know there's a lot of those games, for example, when we were riding Houston on the minus 1.5 earlier in the season, yeah. um, that I would have put that in rather than, the uh, just Houston on the money line at minus two forty or whatever, yeah, um, yeah. I've just I've dragged the numbers up, yeah. So winning ten sixty eight, losing nine twenty three, so one hundred and forty five games over over five hundred, which sounds better um, than losing six hundred books. And like I say, one hundred and forty five games. If I could have picked up an extra two or three dollars by shipping around, uh, shopping around on all of those, uh, then you're somewhere near a little bit of profit. So yeah, I, th- I still absolutely view it as a is a success, but it just goes to show that only, with only one analyst and someone who's kind of really limited their betting as well, uh, yeah. who, who've got into um, plus figures. Yeah, and that's how it's supposed to be, right? You pick your spots, but uh, uh, the motto at SGPN is we pick we pick every single game, so that's what we're going to do. But um, <clears throat> I guess right now, next season, you know, right, with the games that we pick throughout uh, the season as our lock and dogs, I think that's something that. Uh, I'll do a, I'll have to track and write down and see how we're doing throughout the season. Uh, because there's been times where you've hit plus 175, plus 200 yeah. dogs outright. So um, that definitely takes into uh, consideration when you're, you're counting the dollars that you make uh, over the course of a season. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the week's news, moving off. Uh, the Mets have been at the forefront of the news quite a lot. <laughs> I know we laughed last week when I uh, we single-handedly ruined Tanner Houck's um, <laughs> no-hitter in about 90 seconds or thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, and I was at it again this week, moving off. I, I didn't seem to have this uh, <clears throat> some magic powers when it comes to making things happen in baseball. And uh, you were getting stuck into me on Twitter. <laughs> I think this was on Tuesday, and uh, this was one of the games I was watching on on the screen over there, out the window at Circa, and um, it was I think it was, they were playing the Marlins. I think the Marlins were yeah. like five to one headed into the bottom of the ninth, and uh, I saw you you tweet out the Mets suck, <laughs> and then after that they just came back and rallied. And they scored five runs in the bottom of the ninth to walk it off. And then I had to say, I tweeted that after there was that play where it was a little pop fly in the shallow right. Yeah. And the kind of the three fielders converged from all different angles. And so one slid along the floor and missed it. Then one did a roly poly over the top of him and missed it. And the outfielder sort of cartwheeled over the two of them and they all missed it and landed. It was like a cartoon heap. Uh, sort of with stars spinning around their heads and little birds tweeting. And they just, they were five one down. It was just horrible. And it was on the back of the other silliness we're going to talk to in a little in a little while. Yeah, and I just tweeted Mets. The Mets are horrible, I think was the exact tweet. Um, and yeah. then the, <laughs> and the Marlins totally and utterly imploded. Even the winning run was just a bog standard play in the right field. Uh, in the left field, sorry, in the field that bubbled it. In your man, Javi Baez, uh, oh, trundled round third base and uh, made the play at the plate and they won um, 6-5 so yeah that was funny but the Mets have now won three in a row um, kind of accidentally it's been ugly uh, but that's why that's what they haven't been able to do this year is win ugly um, yeah. the Braves have lost three in a row mm-hmm. um, so my Mets tickets are still alive they're five games back Yeah. Uh, but then the Phillies have won five in a mm-hmm. row so your ticket's still alive Munaf yeah, it seems like nobody wants to win this NL East uh, division, not, right? No. I, I think for the Braves, you know, I mean, they played the hottest team right now. I guess you say in the Dodgers, um, just the pitching matchups that the Dodgers are throwing out there every single night. I mean, eventually, they're going to start winning games here. But um, yeah, I mean, we talk about every single uh, every single week that this NL East is going to be up for grabs. I think it's going to go down all the way to the last month of the season, or sorry, the last week of the season. Um, and it's just, I just think that it's going to be whoever has that easiest schedule remaining is is going to win uh, win this division. I think the Phillies still have the easiest schedule. Um, the Mets are kind of middle of the pack, and the Braves are have the second or the third easiest schedule. So um, we can say that these the the schedule is going to be easy. But even though when we had uh, Dave on, it's going to be a a month of dogs and. Um, you know, they can drop games against the Rangers, the Rockies, the Pirates. I mean, these teams, the Tigers, all these teams are still fighting um, towards the end of the season. I think the one with the Tigers and the A's, I think, is a great example. I think uh, I think they're going to split that series this weekend from I sorry, from this uh, beginning of the week. I mean, there's only two teams that we've scored fewer than 500 runs. Uh, and the Mets are one of them, uh, the Pirates being the other one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, still... The fact that they're still even a little bit uh, in contention is is slightly bonkers. We'll stick with the Mets because uh, firstly they'd claimed Brad Hand off waivers today, yeah. which I quite like. They were kind of looking at him um, at the trade deadline, and 
Um, I know he was out. I think he was on the bereavement list maybe last week. Um, okay. And then uh, he's been like, well, the Mets have picked him up, which is just a little bit of help because uh, that bullpen can be a bit messy. <clears throat> um, but then Mets, the, the silliness we keep referring to was this, um, the players booing the fans and the thumbs down stuff. What did you make of that, Munaf? Because it's absolutely made my teeth itch. Yeah, I mean, you already know how I feel about Javi Baez, but <laughs> I think that he went about it all wrong, though, especially in the post post game uh, interview that they were the reporter asked, you know, what does a thumbs down mean? And he said that in between him and Lindor, it is directed toward the fans because they're not supporting them. Well, your offense has been bad all season. Can you really blame the fans for booing you and and the rest of the team because of? the lack of offense. And like you just mentioned, Malcolm, that there's only two teams left that have not scored more than 500 runs on the season. The pirates, one of the worst teams in the uh, entire league. And then you still have the Mets that are fighting for a uh, division uh, for the division or trying to get into the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I agree with the fans that when you have this type of talent on your team outside of even, even outside of Javi Baez, who wasn't on the scene until the trade deadline, you have, J.D. Davis, Michael Conforto, Francisco Lindor, who hasn't panned out to be the guy that they traded for. It's it's tough for fans because the, the potential on this team is there, right? Both sides, the pitching with Jacob deGrom um, and then also on the batting side. So especially being in New York, New York is a tough place to play. The fans are very passionate. They can turn on you real quick. But even the apology that was kind of assessed by Lindor and Javi Baez, I, th- I don't it didn't seem very genuine to me. I don't know if you caught that or not. I know. I did see uh, Aguilar, Jesus Aguilar, have a little bit of a go uh, yeah. from first base. Actually, had a go yeah. at Lindo because uh, I think he's an ex-Met. Um, no, it, it annoyed me a little bit. Um, I mean, I, it's not something I particularly care about, but I do lean towards the Mets. And I've mentioned before that the Mets are kind of similar to Newcastle in that they're a bit of a shambles. They're a bit of a laughing stock. If they find a way to get things wrong, they will. But also in my fandom, in, in, in Newcastle fans are were are hands were a hands-on supporter base. Um, my fandom is not watching a team from a thousand miles away, from two thousand miles away. It's not someone who support Manchester United, who lives in London. Someone who supports Liverpool, who lives in Dublin. Um, Newcastle fans live in Newcastle. I can big at the state. I could walk there in fifteen minutes from here. Um, and the players are only ever passing through. Um, we as the fans are the custodians of the club uh, the players are passing through especially someone like Javi Baez who's been there two minutes yeah. um, he's not been there very long at all uh, and for him to play badly um, and it, I think when he plays badly it doesn't look great as well because you said it, how extravagantly he swings out of the zone and stuff yeah. sometimes he just looks like he's not even trying right. um, so for that for him to be projecting that and then suddenly just take exception to the fans. Uh, it did, it did get, um, get on my wick a little bit and they, they've backtracked, but, uh, not particularly, not particularly, uh, the, the, well, I can't think of the word sort of, it wasn't very candid the way that the, uh, the, the way that they backtracked the a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous, <clears throat> frankly. And it can't help either. Um, th- there was talk in the, uh, maybe May-June about how good this Mets clubhouse was. And yeah. I don't even think that's a that's a real thing. It's always just a fallacy. It's an illusion. Team spirit, to me, I think it's an illusion. You win a few games and it's there. You lose a few games and it disappears. Uh, I don't think it's a real thing. Um, and there was a lot of chat about how good this Mets um this Mets clubhouse was, and it's just proven kind of not to be the case recently. Uh, so, yeah, the Mets are doing very much living up to my mm-hmm. uh, expectations uh, as a Newcastle supporter and just being A, shit, and B, yeah. stupid. Um, so, yeah, they're those two things. We had the um, transfer deadline in the Premier League here this week, mm-hmm. and Newcastle, there was just no, they all just went out, the lights were out. Lights were off. Everybody went out. There was not even a hint of us trying to improve our squad. We didn't take anyone on loan. We didn't buy a lower league player, a kid, one for the future. We just did nothing. Turned the lights out and hid behind the sofa, they did, at the stadium and the club. And that was the end of that. Yeah, but we're not one, talking about that. So I want to make one more point about Javi Baez is that yeah, uh, you already know how I feel. I think that he's one of the most overrated guys in baseball. I mean, there's been a stretch where he had pretty good seasons where he was batting 273, 290, 281. But since the 20, um, uh, over this, I mean, since last year, I guess, you know, we got the whole COVID year. I mean, maybe that's something that affected him, but 203 last year, um, eight home runs. And then this year, I think he's had what, 26 home runs, but he's only batting 244, 248. And, the thing about him is just the strikeouts. I mean, it's it's 154 this year. He had 156 in 2020, 167 in 2018, 144. And I mean, it's 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 crazy to think that. I think the potential is there for him, but I just think that I don't know. Personally, I feel like he's the most overrated player, one of the most overrated players in baseball. Yeah, and like you say, I think it's the way he does it as well. This yeah. players who can perform badly and kind of go under the radar because they they're quiet and might just be uh, sort of hitting into grounders and things like that. Yeah. Uh, where Javi Baez is quite extravagant. He can be extravagantly bad uh, in the same way that he's noticeably good uh, when he is on a bit of a tear. Um, the other division that's still up for grabs, uh, the Dodgers finally made it, Munaf. Yeah. After all this talk, uh, we've mentioned it about a million times, they finally made it to the top of the NL West this week. They have half a game lead over the Giants. I nearly said the 49ers, then I got me uh, football <laughs> head on. They've got half a game lead over the Giants. Yeah, it's with the full soccer and football season, I feel like we're going to start saying uh, names of like other sports. Uh, I think I've already done it a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that, you know, when we talked about the Giants, uh, you know, losing three out of four already here against the... Uh, Brewers that kind of opened up the door for the uh, for the Dodgers. Big big series coming up for them this weekend. I know we'll get to that in a, in a little bit when we get to the uh, previewing the weekend and the picks. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's a time right now where the where the Giants kind of want to get soft and and start losing games here. The big thing for the uh, the Giants is that they have they still have ten games left against the uh, Padres. They have uh, three yeah three against the Diamondbacks, three against the Cubs. And then six against the Rockies. So I, I just think that, you know, this series, this weekend is going to be huge, uh, especially for the Giants. The I mean, pitching of the Dodgers, it's just feel like it's starting to just take a toll on other teams, right? When you're having to face Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, 
Um, Julio Urias, I mean, he's, he's been pretty good flying under the radar. Their bullpen is decent. And when you have that type of bat, at, at some point it was going to happen. And, and it took, you know, the Giants to lose three in a row here against the Brewers and the Dodgers to, you know, beat the Braves this, to start this week here for them to kind of catapult into uh, first place here only by half a game. So things can change. Upsets are going to happen in the rest of the season. But if you take a look at the strength of schedule remaining for both of these teams, number 12 are the Giants and number 13 are the Dodgers. So, you know, like we've said, this is going to probably come down to the final week of the season. But, you know, we're going to be talking about this almost every single podcast because, number one, we didn't see the Giants doing this this season, uh, what they've been able to do. And we just thought the, the Dodgers were going to be, you know, I mean, as great as they are, a talent that they added, that we just thought that they were going to win 105, 107, even 110 games possibly with the roster that they have. I mean, imagine just going out of the deadline and picking up Max Scherzer and exactly, Trey Turner. Right. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, especially uh, the the addition of Scherzer just to go and kind of win you every game that he's going to play. Um, yeah, so I hope the Giants keep it competitive uh, because we do need things we do need a, yeah. a, a good a, a good competition down the stretch run. um so i hope the giants can can stay and hang with them a little bit um red sox moon off covid what's going on yeah huge breakout uh in the in the clubhouse for the red sox i believe it's up to eight or nine players now and two coaches that have uh tested positive for um, test positive for COVID. I believe Alexander Bogarts got pulled out on Tuesday in the middle of the game. I believe it was in the second inning that he had tested positive. Um, and just kind of going around the clubhouse. I mean, I don't want to get too political about it, but with the whole vaccine stuff and and you know being diligent and things like that. But um, this is not the right time for the Red Sox to uh, to have this outbreak in their clubhouse. Number one. I can't believe that this team was up almost four or five games in the AL East. And now all of a sudden you look up at the standings. I think they're almost 10 games behind the, the Tampa Bay Rays um, in that division. Uh, they won last night with Chris, with Chris Sale on the mound. Unfortunately for the Red Sox, Chris Sale is not going to be able to pitch for you every single night. So <laughs> somebody has to step up for them. But uh, they have a big game tonight. To let's see if they can uh, get a split out of this series. But again, you know, the whole COVID situation and, and the slump that they're in ever since the All-Star break, that's just two bad combinations. And and like I said, I think they're in danger of not making a uh making the playoffs because the A's uh I think they're gonna get the W today and and they do have a tough schedule due to the A's. But again, if the Red Sox can't get it together with the whole COVID situation and just inconsistent play, they're gonna be at home watching these other teams in October. I mean by the way, Moon, of how good are the Tampa Bay Rays? I think, in like how little I feel like I owe somebody mm-hmm. uh, an apology because we've done the exact thing that people do every year, which is either A, sort of downplay them, which yeah. I did in the preseason podcast, and then since the season started, is B, pretty much ignore them. I don't. Yeah. I bet they haven't had five mentions on this podcast. Uh, we've and every time we talk about this division. 
Of, all right, I get you're a Red Sox fan, so we talk Red Sox. We talk yeah. about the Yankees because I think the Yankees are. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've mentioned Toronto probably in the twice we've done the division over the last few months. And quietly, the Tampa Bay are putting together one of the best seasons on record um, on all sides of the ball, pitching, uh, defence, the, the batting, the bullpen. Um, they're currently the 9-1 for the last 10 games. They've scored 712 runs, which is, is that the most... Seven twelve. Absolutely, is it is. Yeah, the they're the most, only team yeah, we've seen. I mean, they're putting together an absolutely stellar season, and we either disparaged them. I don't think we've disparaged them much, actually. That's not true. I think probably the worst insult you could give a team like that is that we just ignore them. I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible. I think that number one is um, we have to give credit where credit is due, and I think you, we just got to start with their manager, Kevin Cash, and. Yeah, last year he had the questionable decision of pulling Blake still out of that game. Um, but I mean, for, at least for the regular season, um, you you have to give this team a lot of credit. And they went out and got bats on this roster, right? They brought up Wander Franco from their farm system. They went out and traded for Nelson Cruz. Um, you have Randy Rosarena, who's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. So those are three pretty good bats. And then you have guys like Austin Meadows and Joey Wendell on this on this roster. So. I think that you hit the nail on the head, Malcolm, is that because Boston and New York are probably always the talk of baseball, regardless if we're fans or not, they're always going to be in that conversation because the market is so big for the Yankees and the Red Sox. And there's 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 fans all over the country for them. Tampa Bay Rays are, are having an issue. Number one, they're a great team, but they're having an issue filling up the stadium. And, and there's always talks about relocating the Tampa Bay Rays. So and they have professionals on this team that are going out and winning games every single night. And now their division lead is all the way up to seven games above the Yankees and they're nine games above the uh, Boston Red Sox. I think they're the only team in the entire MLB that has at least 40 wins, both at home and on the road. So wow. you got to kind of tip your hat to the, um, to the Tampa Bay Rays. Sorry. The other team that does have 40 plus wins on the home and uh on, at, at home and on the road is the San Francisco Giants. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah Wanda Franco, you just mentioned as well. Again, another one who's uh, we did. In fact, we did a little bit about him when he came up. Um, he was, he was, he got some airtime when he came up earlier in the season. But I think he's on a, a thirty-game on-base streak or something. He's in really rare company. Um, oh. There's the sort of five players that he's in company with. Um, I mean, we're talking absolute Hall of Famers. Uh, so, uh, to, to have this streak and the numbers he's been hitting uh, at his age, he hasn't had as much home run power. Uh, yeah. And that, that is there as well. So that's a scary thing, is that yeah. he does possess that tool. Um, but yeah, this 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 OBP uh, streak that he's on, he's going to have a, a stellar season next year. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And yeah, um, when we get to the um, playoff yeah. playoff preview that we put together. Uh, I'm sure the Tampa Bay Rays will take a hand in our predictions there. Um, the next thing, Moonaf, is you, I haven't seen this even a little bit, uh, so you can talk us through this. Uh, the Cardinals and Nick Castellanos bat. Yeah, I believe this was yesterday um, the, during the day game. I think the Reds had gotten out to a, I think, 8-1 to one lead, or, or it was a monumental lead over... It was a double header between them and the Cardinals. And um, yeah, here it is. I'll pull up the box score. I remember I was looking at the score on my phone and um, it was two to one after end of the first inning. And then the Reds put up seven more runs in the second inning. 
And then in the third inning, they added two more. So by the end of the third inning, they were up 11 to one. And I think largely a guy that was responsible for this lead was uh, Nick Castellanos. And I believe what happened was that after he hit his second home run, uh, which was in the second inning, it was a grand slam. And the Cardinals wanted to inspect his uh, bat for whatever reason to think that he was uh, uh, cheating or, or whatever the case might have been. And, and they didn't find anything. And I, I thought that was just kind of funny. That's something that we did have to mention that yeah. as great as a hitter that Nick Castellanos is, that he's kind of been raking all season long. I mean, his average right now for the season is batting 319, 579 slugging. I mean, rightfully so, I would be checking his bat too after he's been spanking the uh, Cardinals all, all season long. Corked bats still a thing. I know they used to I, be a thing. I mean, it. I remember the whole Sammy Sosa thing that you know the cork back with him. But as of recently, I don't remember a time where where umpires or the opposing team was asking the uh, sorry the uh, a team was asking the umpires to check a bat of a a, a opponent's uh, opponent. But I don't know. I mean it seemed kind of silly to me when I just kind of looked at it on Twitter. It seemed kind of stupid. Yeah. It's uh, every time I can't talk about Nick Castellanos or hear his name without the, uh, all that. There's a drive by Nick Castellanos, the, the, the old white dude in the comedy uh, from last season. Yeah. Uh, where the, the old white bloke who said something racist and then mid apology called the Nick Castellanos home run. I try to get that to catch on in this country and everyone just looks at me like I'm an absolute madman. Whenever <laughs> halfway through a sentence, I'll drop it in and there's the drive by Castellanos and this is going to be a 3 0 ball game, wherever it is. Um, that is one of my all time favourite pieces of uh, pieces of footage from any topic, whether it's sport or anything else. Uh, I absolutely adore that. Watch it about twice a week. Um, Shohei Otani watch weekly mention uh, stealing home plate last night. Muna. Yeah, I mean, I if if there's like a checkbox of what a player does all season long, I think this was the only probably checkbox left for Otani was stealing home plate again. Heads up, running by Otani. I mean, uh, it was against the Yankees last night. I believe the the runner left for it was first to, runners on the corners. They sent the runner from first base to steal second base. And I think Otani was had a pretty good lead from the third base. And he just kind of took off, uh, got to the home plate. Kind of he got his hand in right as attack came from Sanchez and stole home plate. So I think, you know, that's our we we may mention Otani every single week. So it, it's something spectacular that he does every single season or at least every single week. That's worth men- mentioning, but um, I see his MVP odds are all the way up to minus 10,000 for the season. So uh, I know you have a ticket on Otani. Yes, right? just a little one. I've got to get something right, Moon. I'll, uh, I'll dine out on that until April the 1st next <laughs> year. Um, right, our big trend, Moon, uh, the sports book consig um, told us to back all the dogs in September. September the 1st was yesterday, and you've put on the notes uh, if we bet $100 on every dog. Um, and you want me to take a guess at this, don't you? Now, yeah, I, th- uh, I don't think it was like stellar, I don't think it was silly money. Um, so many games there were, but I've, there's got to be about maybe what, what do you want me to give this to you as like a, a total profit? Yeah, so let's just say you do yesterday the games that were playing on. There was a couple of postponements yesterday. 
Um, and you just strictly went bet a hundred dollars on, you just clicked on every single underdog at plus money on the money line. And you said, I want to bet a hundred dollars on every single one of those dogs. I think there were only maybe seven or eight games yesterday. Okay. Let me hear, let me d- double check for you here. Okay. So we got full scoreboard. Let's go. We have one. Nope. That's today. Wednesday. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, we have about fourteen games in two postponements. And just keep in mind that there were some some heavy or some heavy uh, favorites that did win. I'll, I'll give you that much. But yeah. if you just blindly took those fourteen games, put a fourteen hundred dollars on the, all the underdogs, how much do you think that you would have been up? at the end of the day yesterday. And keep in mind, this was based on the, the closing line because I know on the Red Sox in the Rays game, the Red Sox opened up as a favorite and they closed as an underdog. But uh, I'm talking about the closing number. On the closing line. I don't, like I say, I don't think it was daft, so I'll go, uh, you won $280, Muna. 511 Whoa, no, don't tell me that, man. Yeah, I think there were some here. I was calculating this under. Uh, I was calculating this myself earlier because I know this was something that I wanted to keep track of, and um, there were some heavy, heavy underdogs that did win the games yesterday. I think the biggest one was the was the Diamondbacks. Uh, Mariners one would be the Mariners. Maybe were a price as well. The D backs. Uh, like you, you said, the oh, I don't know. The Cubs would have been a price. I think the yeah. Cubs were maybe plus one eighty. The backs were plus one seventy nine. The Cubs were plus one sixty four. Uh, the Brewers was another one plus one sixty three. Yeah, and the Braves, if they would have pulled it out, they were around plus one eighty four. I think we or Walker Bueller pitched last night, so. Um, end of day one. only went down 5 4 to Toronto, and I uh, know Toronto were minus 275. So, yeah. I mean, they, they, they got that done the bottom of the year. So, no, with it being the end of the month, I did want to have a little spare pot, but with the end of the month and, and the weekend coming up, I just it's it paid in and need to shuffle all my money around. And I was going to happily get stuck in from Saturday, uh, so I've only missed I've missed a, missed a little bit of profit, but that's okay. We'll stick with the system moving off, and by uh, by this time on Saturday, I'll uh. I'll have a little, some some little pizza bets going on those dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not talking about it. It doesn't have to be hundred dollars. I mean, if you're putting five, ten dollars in, and you know, don't even have to watch the games. Like you know, Dave was telling us, just check your balance at the end of the day and see where you're at. And I think you'll be surprised, like I was yesterday, to see that you know I was up a, a good good amount of money on those dogs. So uh, you know, keep those in mind. I think that's something you and I also should keep in mind when we're making our picks. For the yeah. month of September, our average, you know, money meter could possibly come up, and and you know, at this point, I think the winning percentage might not matter. It's about you having those dollars in your pockets, and and I think that's what really matters. Yeah, good way of building your bankroll for the uh, NFL season coming yeah. up. I think that was my plan. Uh, ready to win money and boost your odds? Win is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football and more. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. 
Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. It's the best place for parlays. Download the app to place your bets and start winning. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go and check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. Browse the activity feed to stay in the know. A loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. So, Munaf, similar to last week, uh, we we had a look at the Brewers-Giants game, which was one of the standout um, series uh, of the week. And like you say, we've got no divisions uh, to look at. So, we thought we'd do a similar thing this week. Um, we picked the Dodgers-Giants, but then uh, the Giants haven't decided on their pitching matchups over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so the Astros Padres was the series that we looked at too, um, and effectively we've we've taken one game each and and we're going to handicap it like we did last week. We were successful last week. Um, a bit a bonus pick really. Uh, so yeah. I took the Dodgers Giants for Friday. Uh, you took Astros Padres Saturday. Where do you want to start? Yeah, let's go uh, in chronological order. You can kick it off with because the your game's on Friday, right? The Dodgers and Giants. Yeah, um, yeah you can start. Um, um, it was a fairly, uh, it was a fairly brief handicap, I think, for me. And yeah, because um, there, there was a couple of things that instantly stand out. First, it's that we you mentioned earlier the uh, the absolute depth of this Dodgers rotation and the fact that it's uh, that it's just wearing down opposition teams on a regular basis. However, on Friday we get kind of the the fifth starter, the the, the runt a little bit, and it's David Price. Um, and I don't like saying that because I like David Price. He's been excellent. Um, and he's kind of a... They don't expect him to go very far into games. He hasn't been going very far into games. Um, sort of three, four innings just about. He was, he's been used in relief earlier in the season, but now he's picked up this fifth this fifth starters role. Um, but he is he is regularly giving up runs. Every, every start is... Sort of three runs on three innings, four runs on four innings. Um, so he's going to need some bullpen bullpen help yet to win the game. Um, what we don't need as betters is uh, bullpen help to win the bet. Um, so he faces Tony uh, Desclafani mm-hmm. um, for the Giants. In fact, Price has faced the Giants once um, in July. Gave up three runs in four innings, which is... Absolute standard. That's his standard line at the moment. Uh, Desclafani again was a big part of uh, of the Giants' um, good season, uh, but he struggled a little bit in his last four starts. Um, he's given up nine runs in thirteen point two innings pitched. Um, the team have got very very similar bullpens. That's ranked something like, in fact, I don't have to give you something like and be more accurate. Uh, fifth and eighth 
Um, ERA of 3.31 and 3.16. Um, so um, not much difference in the bullpens. Uh, so, yeah, Tony Disco struggling a bit. I think both of these are going to give up runs. Yeah. Um, so I was happy to take the first five over. Um, and then I think the bullpens will actually show the game up. Uh, this could be something like 3-2, three, 3-3 three, three, sure. uh, through five innings uh, before the bullpens take over and make this a tight game. So it is going to be a tight game. I wouldn't like to come down either side on the money line, uh, but I was happy to take the over on the first five. What do you think, Muna? Yeah, and um, I, like you mentioned, with it's crazy to imagine that David Price being a number five starter on yeah. this Dodgers team because, you know, when he was with the Red Sox and then some of his previous teams, he was either that one or two guy for the respective team. So that just kind of tells you how much de- depth the Dodgers have. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with, you know, Price not going deep into games, right? I think they're kind of, I don't know if they're trying to still limit him or whatever the case might be that he's going maybe, you know, three, four, five innings at max. And that's where the offenses kind of need to capitalize against David Price. And I think that first five over is going to be something to definitely keep in uh, uh, look at what the price comes out that because I think between the Braves and the uh, Dodgers series, I think most of them were around three and a half or four runs. So if you're looking at a maybe three, one, three, two type of game in the first five innings, I think that you might be able to find possibly a four. I, I think this might come out at four runs in that first five innings. So, um, you know, the recent form we've talked about all season long is that at this point, it's not really looking about season long stats as recently. It's looking at how they've been in recent form over their last, you know, month of August or their past couple starts. So um, definitely uh, keep in mind uh, that th- this is a first five over bed, not a full game over bed, because like you mentioned, Malcolm, but both these uh, bullpens are pretty good and then they can come into the later innings, whether it's the fifth inning, sixth inning and onwards and kind of sure up the uh, game and, and, you know, really limit the offenses. So um, you're probably looking at the bats that come out early in this game and, and make some damage against these two pitchers. Excellent. I'm pleased you agree with me, Moon. Uh, so, yeah, that was my section. Saturday, uh, you've got the Houston Astros against the San Diego Padres, and it's Framba Valdez and Joe Musgrove, Moon. Yeah, these two uh, pitchers, especially Joe Musgrove, has some history with the Astros. He was on their rosters. Um, a couple of years back, uh, he was part of the Garrett Cole trade between the Houston Astros and the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think uh, Musgrove was one of the main pieces in that trade. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe a, kind of a revenge spot for Musgrove going up against his former team that traded him away. Um, but, you know, digging into the numbers for both of these pitchers, Framber Valdez, 9-4 and four on the season, 2.91 um, ERA. He's 5-3 and three with a 3.10 ERA on the road. He's pitched pretty well for the Astros over the month of August. Uh, the only downfall for uh, Valdez was that he wasn't getting much run support, right? We saw a couple of series where the Astros offense was really struggling, struggling. I think it was against the Royals and then also the Mariners this past weekend, or sorry, this past week, um, that they were kind of struggling on offense. I think they got shut out in back-to-back games against the Mariners. So um, in July, the Astros were 5-1 and one in the games that he did start. Um, but there were a lot of games where they were winning three to one, five to two, that, that type of number, um, for Joe Musgrove, nine and eight on the season so far, 2.85 ERA five and four, 2.36 ERA at home. Uh, the one that I really found interesting, the stat that really kind of struck out for me or uh, stuck out to me was that for the duration of the whole season, right-handed, um, 
right-handed batters are really struggling against Joe Musgrove for the season. They're batting 177 against him. And I think in a lineup where the Astros have pretty dominant right-handed hitters with Altuve, Correa, Guriel, Bregman, um, Martin Maldonado. um, I think the only left-handed batter that they really have are, are Michael Brantley and Jordan Alvarez, two pretty good uh, batters, but I think this is just going to be a pitching duel. I'm not sure the Astros offense is going to be corrected overnight here. Um, going into this weekend, I think that Joe Musgrove uh, will pitch well against his former team. And I think Framber Valdez has been in pretty good form against um, you know his opponents and, and for the Astros at, at the duration of this whole season. So I'm looking at the under in this game. Um, it's probably going to come out... Um, I would think eight is probably a good number just because these are two pretty good uh, pitchers for both of these squads. Um, So I will probably be taking the uh, full game under for uh, this game on Saturday between the Astros and the Padres. Yeah, I've been guilty of taking my eye off the ball a little bit with the Astros and I haven't really taken that much notice of how quiet their bats had gone. Um, I played them in DFS last night. I stacked maybe even four of them Mm -hmm. and then did my usual stuck one headphone in my ear and went to bed and listened to the tail end of that. And they just never got anything going. And that's been a, that's been a theme quite recently, uh, which is a little bit, a little bit worrying for the Astros. Um, I mean, Musgrove's unlucky to have a, a record of nine and eight. Yeah. Uh, Especially with, with a 2.85 ERA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the sort of thing that uh, Arias at the Dodgers is, is packing like 13 and three. Um, yeah. With similar numbers, uh, but yeah, that um, that point one seven seven number of uh, the right-handed hitters hitting against Musgrove—that's a great pick-out moving off uh, the sort of thing you have to look around and find something like that. So, yeah, fingers crossed that we can uh, get a couple over the line, uh, a couple over the line there. Yeah, and I do like that pick a lot. Picks wise is the number one home of free sports betting picks, props and parlays, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics giving you the who, how and why behind every prediction for every game, every day and every sport for free. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. If you are someone you know wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Prize picks. Turn your picks into real cash with prize picks. My favourite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy. It all starts with prize picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win. Up to 10 times your money. Prize picks is the only way to play. Use promo code SGP to receive a $100, sorry, 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's prize picks promo code SGP. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including the UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasileira Our NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation and the CONCACAF qualifiers. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free time and stream every match live. 
Okay then, Moonaf. Picks time. We've already broken down a couple of games, uh, but let's get on to these official picks. Um, I feel all right. I'm, I'm confident this week. Uh, there's something. About, I think it may be because the new month's turned over. It's yeah. September, and I think we're going to finish strong. I think we started strong, uh, so there's a little bit of a, a primacy recency effect. Uh, we started strong, and people are going to remember our September moon off because we are going to smash the daylights out of it. Uh, so you can start. Uh, I'm okay. going to let you lead off. All right. Uh, with your lock this week. Yeah, with my lock, um, I will go to the Sunday matchup between the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees. I'm going to take the over in this game. Um, Keegan Aiken versus Corey Kluber. This is a pretty bad pitching matchup for both of these clubs. Um, Aiken has not been uh, – he hasn't been bad over his last few starts, but I think the Yankees' bats are going to show up uh, against uh, Keegan Aiken against – uh, the Orioles this weekend. Uh, we know how bad the bullpen is for the Orioles. I, I sent you that graphic about Phil Fry, uh, who, who's uh, getting absolutely smashed by the Rays. So not very confident in the bullpen of the Yankees either. They've had their struggles. Um, Corey Kluber did return for the uh, Yankees in his last start, which was against the Angels. He allowed five earned runs and four innings pitched. Uh, Orioles are batting 271 against Corey Kluber this season, so I expect to see a lot of runs scored in this game. And it, it being uh, in the afternoon also, with the sun out, hopefully the wind is blowing out, so I think that's only going to help the batters and the ball flying out of the park, especially in Yankee Stadium where there's a couple of short porches, especially in right field. So um, anticipating this probably comes down around 10 Maybe a ten and a half, but I, I think this might be a game where the Yankees themselves could probably put up eleven to twelve runs. So uh, I'll take the over in this game on Sunday between the Orioles and the Yankees. Um, for my dog, it's going to go off on Saturday evening. It'll be the Atlanta Braves versus the Colorado Rockies money line. Ian Anderson versus Hermaine Marquez. Uh, the Rockies overall are one of the best home teams in the league this season. I think we talked about that on the last show that their home road split is absolutely crazy. Uh, Marquez, especially at home, eight and two with a 3.13 ERA. The Rockies are seven and one over his last eight starts at home. Uh, on the mound for the Braves is Ian Anderson. He is three and four on the road with a pretty good ERA, but Anderson made his return to the rotation on Sunday against the Giants. He pitched well, but I think this is a pretty good spot for the Rockies at home with their best pitcher on the mound. Um, you know, like I said, with Marquez, I don't want to fade a record of eight and two, even if it is against the Braves. I know that I think they also lost out uh, Ozzy uh, Albis for a couple games here. I think the manager came out and said he might be day to day. So that may be another bat that the Braves are down. So uh, Rockies money line will be my dog on Saturday night. And then my lock is going to be on Sunday, Baltimore Orioles, Versus the New York Yankees, Keegan Aiken versus Corey Kluber. Looking for this to come around 10, 10 and a half, possibly. Uh, yeah, excellent. Totally unrelated news. I just realized that the Brewers-Giants game is on YouTube uh, and I've just cast it on the big telly. So that's uh, that's going to be a photo finish by the looks. 1-1, one, one, top of the eighth. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the Yankees have this history of just spanking the Orioles recently. Uh, they put up double digits uh, a lot of the time. Um, I think uh, we've both managed to get to this Braves-Rocky series as well. Um, 
because I'm going to get there for my dog uh, on Friday. And I, we're, uh, I think we're starting to affect each other a little bit, Moon. <laughs> um, it's a good job we're in the in the last uh, the last month of the season. I think we I think we might have to start seeing other people um, because <laughs> we're uh, we're starting to to think very similarly uh, on these games. Um, I've tried to please you here, Moonaf, with my lock. Uh, I have got Tanner Hoke. We're trying to make amends uh, for ruining his <laughs> no-hitter last last Sunday night. Uh, Tanner Hoke of the Boston Red Sox, and he will take on Eli Morgan of the Indians. I thought this. I didn't know if this was going to be too chalky. Um, I think if it was maybe another Red Sox pitcher, yeah. uh, if it was Yavaldi or Sale. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. And it might there. be prohibitive. Yeah. And it, the Cleveland are actually playing okay as well. They're on a little win streak. So I thought that might just keep the numbers close enough together for me to pick it uh, without being too embarrassed. Plus, I mean, I badly need a winner. So, um, how is 0-3? Uh, hasn't hasn't got a, a win to his name yet. He's got a, a 3.63 ERA. You just get the feeling he's due a win, though. He's been an hour radar. He's been pitching well. Like we say, he got um, five, five and two thirds, maybe six, um, yeah. into a no hitter last week. Um, before we live jinxed him on Sunday night. Uh, you live jinxed him. Sorry, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm keep I'm dragging you down with me, Moon. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it was all me. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, Tanner, uh, it was nothing to do with Moon. Uh, you'll have to come across the Atlantic if you want to have words with me. Um, <laughs> he hasn't had a great, outstanding start in any of his games, but equally, he hasn't had a bad one either. Um, and what I'm hoping for in this is that he'll keep us in the game. That's what I want him to do. I want him to go five, give up maybe two runs. Uh, and the reason is we can fade Eli Morgan. Uh, who was two and six with a five point nine eight ERA? Um, his last start was actually against Boston. Um, gave up two earned runs, which were two single uh, homers, two solo homers in three innings pitched. But really, uh, I think he's had eleven starts all season, um, and he's only really had one good start against Oakland, where he hasn't given up multiple runs. Uh, both teams are going okay, so I did think the over might be an option here. This has got something maybe like a 7-4. Uh, I do I, I do enjoy making these wild predictions. Uh, it's got something like the 7-4 feel about it, uh, but I think Tanner Hauk will get it done uh, against um, Eli Morgan of the Cleveland Indians. And, as I previously alluded to for my luck, uh, I'm going to... Um, Coors Field for uh, the Friday night matchup uh, between Antonio Senzatella and Huasca Inoue uh, of the Braves. So we're going to repeat much of the info that you gave, obviously, the uh, about the Rockies' home record, etc. Uh, Senzatella is 3-8 and eight, uh, with a 4.18 ERA. Again, that's not an egregious ERA, 4.18, for that record of 3-8. Uh, and eight. I think it's probably just the team that he's on, obviously. Um his last five starts, his ERA is 2.93. In his last 15 starts, his ERA is 3.49. So he's been pitching well for a long time, really. Um, he doesn't have a pronounced split, um, which Colorado, as a club and as pitchers, have a very pronounced split in terms of performance. Um, the Rockies are 43 and, 43 and 22 at home, uh, which is perfectly reasonable. Uh, place for us to pick them. Uh, I do think there'll be dogs as well, just because, again, name recognition, we talk about this a lot, and um, Atlanta have 
Hoska Inoa going for them. Inoa's 4-4 four four with a 2.9 ERA. He was excellent before he broke his hand, punching the dugout on May 16. Uh, he came back fairly recently. He's been good again since he returned uh, without getting a win. Uh, his ERA on the road is 3.71 and he's 1-2. and two. Small sample. Um, but the 11 games he has started, uh, he's had two shockers and they've came at Milwaukee and at the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so maybe I'm hoping he can throw in a third shocker of the season at um, at Colorado on Friday night. So uh, they're my two, Munaf. One, one for you for the Red Sox. I've faded them a few times this season and you've bollocked me for it. Uh, and then we, uh, we had the same series um, on Friday with the Rockies. Yeah, you have my full endorsement on that lock. I think, uh, yeah, it won't. I don't think they'll be too heavily favored just because what you said that it's not Chris Sale and it's not Nathan Navaldi or even Eduardo Rodriguez that's on the mound. It's their their fifth guy, Tanner Houck, that's on the mound. And I think they'll kind of see that he's 0 3. Uh, hasn't gotten that win yet, but his ERA is very respectable. So, like I said, with the uh, Red Sox, the only concern is about that COVID, but I think they have most of their main guys that are. Still in the uh, batting lineup with Devers, J.D. Martinez, uh, Alex Verdugo is having a great season for the Red Sox. Um, Kyle Schwarber also. So, um, you know, they should be able to tee off against Eli Morgan. And again, you know, they know that if they're going to get into this uh, AL wildcard spot, that they're going to have to beat these lesser teams like the Indians. So you have my full endorsement on that one. I I think the Braves, uh, I think the reason that we're maybe both fading the Braves is, yeah, the matches, but I just they just don't have that pitcher. Like they don't have a an ace type of pitcher on this roster. So I think when you're going into Coors Field where it's a hitter's ballpark, anything can happen at that point um, for 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 the Rockies and the Braves. So uh, we might be coming out of this. At least one of us will probably one of us will probably get our dog here, uh, and and we'll take the profit there. But uh, yeah, I I think we're in a good spot. Uh, for this weekend between the the, the four picks that we uh, presented right now. Yeah, Scott Reichel, uh, who went well uh, on Sunday night with his two picks. Uh, Scott has sent his picks in for the weekend and he can give us those now. Cheers, Scott. Hey guys, Scott Rochelle back here again with your lock and dog for the weekend. Quickly recapping how we did over the week. We ended up sweeping. We ended up making about 2.1 units. So we'll look for another sweep over the weekend. Starting with the lock on Friday, I like the Mets money line at the Nationals at minus 145. Mets have won each of their last three games. So even with all the distractions, all of the controversial thumbs down stuff, the Mets have actually started to win a couple of games. And the Nationals have been awful lately. After blowing the last game against the Phillies, in which they blew a six-run lead, the Nationals now officially have lost each of their last five games and no one is pitching for the nationals last month 12 and one third innings pitch 6.57 era i expect the mets to get it done on friday night looking at the dog on saturday i like the rockies money line versus the braves the rockies are 43 and 22 at home this season and the braves have struggled a bit lately having lost four of their last five games anderson is on the mound for atlanta and he has battled some injuries recently pitched less than six innings Since July 12th, I think he'll struggle here in Coors Field. And you have Marquez on the mound for the Rockies. Home stats, 89 innings pitched, 3.13 ERA this season. So I think the Rockies should get it done. That's your lock and dog for the weekend. Let it ride. Thank you very much. Scott has got a lovely voice. I do enjoy uh, Scott's silky tones. Uh, he's definitely got a voice for radio, uh, as opposed to a face for radio, which we and you both have me enough. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, and I believe that's got us to the end. We yeah, uh, we had a lot of chat there. We covered a lot of ground. There's a lot of a lot of teams got to mention. Um, before we go, Moonaf, can you just remind me of something? Um, there's a there's a contest on uh, on the SGPN app, and can you remind me of the prize? Is it is it a cap or a t-shirt or something like that? Uh, if you prefer, see if you win. I'll, I'll reach out to Sean and Ryan and let them know that you prefer a cap and a T-shirt, and I will gladly take the $100,000 that they are giving for NFL Week 1 contest. So uh, I'm going to write that down right now and, and be like, Malcolm, if he wins, it's going to be a cap and T-shirt from uh, the SGPN merch uh, store, but the cash the hundred thousand, the hundred thousand dollars is going to go to me, and I'll come out there and, and uh, to Newcastle, and you can show me around, uh, show me around your parts of the world. That's fine, Moonoff. Yeah, I'll take the uh, the Red Sox cap and the Tanner Hope shirt, <laughs> uh, and you can have the hundred grand. I mean, that's an unbelievable prize. It is free to enter. Uh, yeah. Dead easy as well. It took me a matter of moments, although that probably tells you I didn't do it very well. Actually, you could uh, this uh, the the full slate of the NFL games uh, for week one. So, I mean, it's, it's absolutely achievable as well. It's not it's not a lottery ticket. This is uh, this is well within reach of somebody. Um, so, yeah, download the app. Uh, that is the only place uh, that you can enter this contest as well. Yep. Uh, so you've got a great chance of winning it. Um, the usual places uh, for likes and subscribes and ratings and reviews, etc. Uh, Apple, Spotify. I use Google Podcasts this week mm-hmm. uh, for the first time, um, where I've used Spotify and stuff in the past, and listen to some of the bosses and some of the the fantasy football stuff. I'm in the middle of a draft at the minute, Moon. I'm drafting my home league. This is okay. the longest home league, the t- just a little ten-team home league, and we haven't been able to get together to do. Uh, a usual draft. So we've done a slow draft and my God, are they making a song and dance about it? They, <laughs> they just don't understand. I don't understand. It's not that complicated, is it? A yeah. slow draft. It's like a draft, but slow. The the clues are in the name and we have made such a song and dance. I think we've been on three days now and got through five rounds. Um, and it's absolutely, people are asking questions. Is it paused during the day? Why would it be paused during the day? What does that achieve? That's when we want to be, honestly, English people, I don't know if they're just a bit thick. They're not used to drafting. Uh, man, it's been hard work. Absolutely hard work. Um, what was my point? My point was uh, that the SGPN have a shit ton of fantasy content out there. <laughs> uh, cheat sheets and draft kits and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if, if my boys could get, the, get their act together and we can get fewer, uh, a few more rounds of the draft, that would be great. Um, yeah, I've got the Cleveland Browns, which I analyzed this week mm-hmm. uh, i think that comes out tomorrow that'll be posted tomorrow um okay. i'm quite high on the browns after doing that moon off as well uh, i did was the same with the jaguars maybe one of those things where you look at a team and you kind of end up falling in love with them a little bit uh, but i certainly did that with the browns after i looked at some of their numbers this week uh and then my friend's got his green bay packers article coming out as well there you go so loads of stuff going on um, it's still 1-1 in the bottom of the eighth, the Bruce and the Giants, but uh, yep. yeah, good show, Moonaf. Uh, covered lots of ground. Hopefully yes. we can get some of these picks over the line uh, and come back on Sunday night uh, with tales of victory. Yeah, hopefully we can start the month of September strong here. Uh, keep in mind, uh, make sure to look at those dogs. I know it's, it, the matchups might not favor the, some of these dogs, but it's the month of September. Crazy things happen, especially in baseball, so uh, make sure to look out for that. And again, 
Just to reiterate, $100,000 are up for grabs. Make sure to download the app. It's only on the app. The only way you can enter on the SGPN app, uh, $100,000. I would love to take that money from Sean and Ryan. Um, and make sure to please, if you have not left us a, a rating or a review, uh, please do so because we can really use it. So if you haven't done that, please, 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 from Malcolm and I, leave us a review. Uh, let us know how we're doing. If you enjoy the podcast, hopefully it's a five-star and a good review. But um, other than that, it's a month of September, lots of great stuff going on. And uh, hopefully, like you said, we can get some of these picks over the line and, and we're um, kind of patting ourselves on the back to start the month of September. Yeah, absolutely. Moving off. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure, as it always Sir. is. Uh, thank you to the listeners. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, have a good weekend. Good luck with your picks, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.